0: All right. Hello. You going to say hello? Hello. Welcome to just another murder cast. This is a special edition. Haley and I recorded today and then the computer promptly erased it. So I have a stand in. I have my daddy. You want to say hi, daddy? Hello. Do you want to say anything to him?
1: Uh, I don't know. What should I say?
0: I don't know. Random people listen.
1: Hello, random people.
0: Well... Okay, well, I'm going to do my best not to cuss, because that's your biggest complaint about the podcast, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we'll turn it off if you start talking ugly.
0: I will do my best. <coughs> All right, so I'm going to tell you a story, okay? Okay. Or do you want to tell me a story first?
1: No, you go ahead.
0: I didn't know if you wanted to tell me about the case you've been reading
1: we'll, we'll or watching. Go, go ahead with yours.
0: Okay. So mine is, starts on August twenty eighth, two 2003, at 1 30 p.m mama's mia pizzeria in erie pennsylvania receives an order for two pizzas the owner answers the phone but he can't understand the caller so he passes the phone to an employee the employee takes the order and it's two small sausage pepperoni and pep- or sausage and pepperoni pizzas and they are supposed to be delivered to 8631 peach street which is a location of a transmitting tower for WSEE-TV. At 2.28 p.m., Brian Wells walks into a PNC bank and passes the teller a note. The note says she only has 15 minutes to fill a bag with um, $250,000. The note wants her to get all the people that have access to the vault and go into the vault and get the money for him. That's a very specific number, not just any money, that amount.
1: When was this, did you say? August 28,
0: 2003, and this was at 2.28 p.m.
1: Okay. 2.28 p.m. 2.28 uh,
0: p.m. Um, Brian lifts his shirt and reveals that there's something hanging around his neck. The note he gives the teller says that it's a bomb. And when the teller tells Brian she can't get into the (laughs) vault, um, she fills the bag with $8,702, which is the amount they had in their drawers. Um, When Brian leaves, she notices that he's carrying a short cane, so like a walking cane, Mm -hmm. but it's really short. It's not short enough to walk with.
1: Not long enough to walk with.
0: Yes, not long enough to walk with. Um, Brian then grabs like a dum-dum sucker from the counter and leaves. Don't you think that's weird?
1: I guess he likes suckers. I, I guess so. Yeah, that's kind of weird. You take something like that.
0: <laughs> so, 15 minutes after leaving the bank, Brian is found in a nearby parking lot by state troopers. The state troopers quickly tackle him, put him in handcuffs, um, and Brian tells them that when he went to make the pizza delivery um, at Peach Street, he was jumped by a group of black men. The men placed a collar bomb around his neck at gunpoint. Brian screams, it's going to go off. I'm not lying. Like he pretends like he's concerned. They said that he was like very calm, but says he's concerned. Um, So one of the officers goes up, cuts his shirt off, and sees that he's got a collar bomb around his neck. So they um, retreat behind their cars and they call the bomb squad. They think that the bomb is fake at first because he felt they felt like he was too calm, like he wasn't concerned enough that there's a bomb around his neck. Um, camera crews arrive, and for 25 minutes, the police and camera crews just sit there and watch Brian until 3.18, when the device around the neck starts beeping, and then it detonates, and it kills him. Three minutes after that, the bomb squad arrived. Um, so the newspaper or the television squ- or TV was <clears throat> broadcasting this live, but they had a technical issue, so the actual moment that he gets killed is not broadcasted.
1: So these folks both be watching him?
0: Yes. So um, there's some questions about the bomb squad, like why they were delayed getting there, because they were <laughs> called at 3 um, 4 which is after like 10 minutes after brian was found and arrested but i guess if you don't know that it's a bomb around his neck why would you call the bomb squad to begin with but people say that they should have called um at the time that the bank was robbed which was 228
1: well if they didn't know he had a bomb why would you call the bomb squad
0: right um also because they had you know, you can't just let some man sit on the side of the road with a bomb around his neck. They had to shut down the road and everything to make it safe for everyone. So that made traffic. Took longer for the bomb squad to get there. Um, So after this, police decide to investigate, and inside of Brian's car, they find the cane that he had been carrying in the bank. But it's a homemade gun. Um, They also find multiple handwritten notes. So one of the notes says... Um, you're to go to PNC Bank at Summertown Sen- Center on Peach Street. Quietly give the following demand notes to a receptionist or a bank manager. Do not cause alarm. Get the required money and deliver to a specified location by following the notes that you will collect as you race against time. Each note leads to the next note and key until finished. You will collect several keys in combination to remove the bomb after police won't charge you because you were a hostage, which I think is weird to put in a note. Um, they go on and say, um, he has less than 55 minutes until the bomb detonates. Spend no more than 20 minutes in the bank. You'll need 25 minutes travel time and you have a safety margin of less than 10 minutes. Use all remaining time to retrieve or embed and obey our instructions you will gain additional time by following or by finding the first set of keys as you follow our instructions you'll be giving all keys and combinations after the money is received and safely counted we will leave keys and combinations as you progress if you delay disobey or alert anyone you will die it is your choice to live or bring death if you do not obey and leave the bank without money you will die so will others So, he has, like, nine different handwritten notes that, like, one's supposed to be given to the bank manager, one's supposed to be given to the teller, one's supposed to be given to the receptionist at the bank. Like, it's very detailed. With nine pages worth of notes, I feel like it would take him a long time to just read all that to make sure. And he has 55 minutes to not only go to the bank, rob it, and then go to all these different places on a scavenger hunt.
1: Did he give him any notes?
0: He gave the bank teller a note when he got there. And that's how he asked for the money. So, um, they detail step by step what he's supposed to do. Police find after after Brian left the bank, he was supposed to go to McDonald's. He went to the McDonald's and retrieved his next instructions. It's a two page note which tells him to go to a wooden area only seven several miles away Um, one thing that I read said that that was where Brian was arrested but then I watched the documentary and it said that they saw him driving and they made a traffic stop on him and that made more sense because when you actually see like the footage of him he's not in a wooded area so please locate all the notes they follow the instructions um, to two miles south of where they are to a small road sign the next clue was supposed to be found in a jar in the woods. They find the jar, but there's no notes. So they think that the individuals um, had been watching them, and then when Brian got arrested or killed, they retrieved all the notes so that they couldn't track him further, so that they couldn't like continue the scavenger hunt, I guess. So police go back to where things started, which is um, Brian's work, which is Mama Mia's Pizzeria. Um, the Boss says Brian's a good employee he's worked there for the past 10 years he'd only been late once and that was when his cat died um, he said it was the end of Brian's shift but he agreed to do the pizza delivery anyways. Um, police then go to where the pizza is delivered when they get there they find shoe prints that match Brian's shoes tire marks that match his car but there's no other clues as to what happened when he arrived there Um, Of course, reporters have swarmed this area, but police have blocked off like the road going back to the tower Um, So one reporter and a photographer with the Erie times um, Find that there's a house right at the end of the road and there's a man standing on the front porch watching Um, His property is right next to the tower. So they go over and meet him. His name is Bill Rothenstein His property backs up to the tower. So they asked if they can walk back there to get a better view He walks them back there. They realize they can't really see anything, and then they leave. No big deal. So then we're going to fast forward to September 20th of 2003. Bill, the guy that was standing on the porch that they walked on his property, calls 911. He tells the dispatcher, at 8654 Peach Street, in the garage, there's a frozen body. It's in the freezer. So... They ask him, or he tells him that his ex girlfriend is there. Her name is Marjorie Dill Armstrong, that she killed this guy. They need to arrest her. Um, one of the cops actually knew Bill, and so Bill went to the police station and they interviewed him there while they also went to his house to investigate. So Bill tells him that um, in mid August, um, Marjorie called him and said, Um, that she'd killed her boyfriend, James Roden. They had a dispute over money, and she ended up killing him. She asked um, Bill to help remove the body and clean up the house, and in return, she paid him $2,000. So Bill tells police that he went over, he helped. um, He melted down the 12-gauge shotgun that she had used, but he couldn't bring himself to do anything with the body. Like, he couldn't chop it up. He couldn't dispose of it. He didn't know what to do. He keeps James in his freezer. James in the freezer for five weeks, and then he decides to call police. He said that the stress from all of this made him consider committing suicide. He even gave them the suicide note that he had wrote. Um, the very start of that note reads: "This has nothing to do with the Wells case." So Marjorie's arrested for the murder of James. She ends up pleading guilty but mentally ill in January of 2005 and is sentenced to seven to 20 years in a state prison. Since Bill was cooperative with the police, um, he showed like he took them on like a tour of her house and his house, and to show them where everything was. And since he was cooperative, he got to stay out on bail until his. Trial was set to start. So Marjorie is well known to police. When she was only 35 years old, she was acquitted for killing her then boyfriend, Robert Thomas. She shot him six times, but claimed it was in self defense. So she got, a, you know, she didn't have to spend time in jail. Four years later, her husband, Richard Armstrong, goes to the hospital with a head injury and he dies there. Um, they never sent. Um, it to be investigated so they don't know how he got his head injury um, and she wins the settlement against the hospital or she sues the hospital and wins the settlement against him so she gets some money from that um, But and she had one other boyfriend who committed suicide after they broke up so she was not one to date because you ended up dead when you were done
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so police still don't have anything concrete on the Brian Wells case Um, So a year later, which is August 27, 2004, the FBI released a profile for the Colin bomber, and asked that the public take the information to see if they know anyone that fits the description. It says, while you may know Colin bomber, you may not have personal information that he can be violent or is even the type of person to become involved in a crime like this. Many criminals hide their dark sides from their family and friends. Perhaps the person you know with the personality traits and character, or perhaps the person you know with the personality traits and characteristics we talked today um, just does not look like the type of person capable of committing this crime. It's important to note that the exhibition of one or more of these behavioral characteristics alone are not indicative of one's involvement in a crime. These behavioral characteristics are being shared with the public so that um, police, they may be sensitive to him and bring forth any information. So this is the FBI's official statement on what they believe that the Colin Ballinger is like. Um, they say that the use of scrap metals in addition to um, the use of the expensive store-bought ma- materials suggests that he's frugal. He saved scraps of various um, materials in order to reuse them later. He might be referred to as a pack rat he has the ability to work with wood metal wiring and plastic he's comfortable around power tools he's thought of as mechanically inclined he would have access to an area where he could spend extended periods of time working alone um he's the type of person that takes pride in building a variety of things and spent a great deal of time in the planning and construction um they think that he was probably like a shop type of person from the time he was young. Um, they say that all of his things are over-engineered and they're deceptive in their design on purpose. For instance, it wasn't just a bomb. It was a collar bomb and it wasn't just a gun. It was a cane that was made into a gun. Um, they also think that he attempts to direct others to do what he wants them to do. Um, this is very unusual in complex criminal behavior because the complex nature of this case, they believe that there were multiple motives of the offender, but money was not the primary one. So they don't think that he was trying to get the money from the bank. He think They think that because of the scavenger hunt and everything else, they were trying to do something else. What are you doing? Throwing stuff away? Yeah. Alright, so these are pictures of the collar bomb, pictures of some of the notes, the scavenger hunt, and all that. That was all released to the public so that the public may be able to see um, some of it and say, you know, like maybe they've met somebody that was working on it, they saw it somewhere, something about it would be familiar to them. But you can see those notes are very, they're very long and wordy, not something that you would give to, not what I would think that you would give to someone to tell them to rob a bank.
1: No, it's pretty, it's pretty long.
0: Yeah. And there's nine pages. It's not just those notes. There's, there's nine pages of them handwritten. And every time they made it to like a stop, the pages were, you know, like two pages of handwritten stuff too. Um, so police finally get a break in this case in April of 2005 a state police officer um, reports that Marjorie confessed that Bill's suicide note was a lie Oops, put it there. was a lie and that James's murder was related to the bo- collar bomb plot so Bill that had James in the fr- freezer and Marjorie was arrested for it she says that it had to do with the bo- collar bomb um, but she wasn't involved with the case. But she was aware of the plot, but she didn't have anything to do with it. She did admit that she gave the kitchen timers used in the bomb uh, to Bill. She was close to the bank robber or to the bank at the time of the robbery, and she even told them that Brian was in on the plan from the beginning. So police now know that what she's saying is true because they had not released to the public that there were kitchen timers used in the creation of the bomb. And also, there were two, and she said that she'd given him two. So investigators then meet with several of informants that claim that Marjorie had been more involved than she wanted police to believe. These informants were women that were in the prison system with her, which I'm not big on, you know, them getting to testify against her for time, you know, they get some time off their sentence, because I feel like people will lie.
1: But yeah, they will.
0: But these ones did not, I don't think they got anything for it. I think they testified against her, but they didn't get anything for it. One of the inmates even keeps notes, like handwritten notes, from the conversations that she'd had with her. Um, and Marjorie knew it, had watched her make these notes. So she basically was just bragging the entire time. They tell police that Marjorie admitted to helping measure Brian's neck for the column bomb, Collar bomb and that she openly admitted to killing James because he was going to tell about the plot. So basically Marjorie's story is that Brian was in on it, that he wasn't just a victim. So in late 2005, a man um, comes forward and says that his brother-in-law has been speaking about the plot as well, has been like bragging about it, and so he turns his brother-in-law in. His brother-in-law is Kenneth Barnes. Kenneth is already in jail on drug charges, but when police go and talk to him, he quickly takes a plea deal. He gives a full account of the plot, but he gets a reduced sentence. You know, the first to squeal gets a lighter sentence. Kenneth tells them that Marjorie was behind the entire plot. She wanted money from the bank in order to pay Kenneth to kill her father. Her father had a lot of money, and she was set to inherit that money when he passed, but she believed that he was spending too much of it on frivolous things, like he gave the neighbors money when they needed some, and she didn't like that. She thought he was wasting her inheritance. Um, So she was going to pay Kenneth to kill her dad but needed money to pay Kenneth. Um, He also claims that Brian... Um, got involved because he frequently brought or bought crack cocaine to give to a hooker in exchange for sex. <laughs> but soon falls into debt with the dealer and needs more money to pay the dealer off. So on February 10th of 2006, federal agents um, meet with Marjorie and her lawyer. They say that they have enough evidence against her to indict her, she cusses out the agent, she cusses out the lawyer, she slams her fist on the table. She just is not happy. But she doesn't stop talking. So she takes um, the agents on a drive and points out where she was at during the robbery as well as several other places that were involved with the robbery. Um, after she's given them like details of how everything is, um, She tells them that she's not going to talk to him anymore. She wants immunity. Um, But by then, it's too late. You know, so many people had already come forward and said that she was the mastermind, so she's going to get charged. So July 2007, the U.S. attorney, um, Mary Beth Buchanan, holds a press conference. She says that not, um, not only was it just Marjorie and Kenneth involved, but also James and Brian... She tells um, the press that Brian had agreed to wear what he thought was going to be a fank bomb and rob the bank. Um, He was told to go on the scavenger hunt to fool the cops in case he got caught. Um, That the um, law enforcement would believe that he was following the instructions to remove the collar. So he didn't think he would get in trouble. That's why they put those instructions in detail for him. Um, But when Brian arrived at the TV tower where he was going to deliver the pizza, he finds out there that he's been double-crossed that the the bomb was real. Um, He tried to get away at that point, but they held him at gunpoint. So September of 2008, Kenneth pleads guilty to conspiracy and weapons charges involved with the collar bomb plot. He receives 45 years, but agrees to testify against Marjorie to have his sentence reduced. So <laughs> April tw- or no, October 12, 2008, Marjorie's trial begins. It had been delayed because she was found unfit to stand trial seven separate times due to her mental disorders. So they find her crazy seven times, but finally on the 8th, they decide that she can stand trial. So many people testify against her, um, saying that they saw her several places involved with the plot, and one of those places was the gas station, Um, She was at the payphone at a gas station, and it was the same payphone that was used to make the call for the pizzas. October 26, 2008, she decides she's going to take the stand. Um, She yells at her lawyer, that's a stupid question. She tells the prosecutor, if this is the kind of evidence you have against me, I'm telling you this is a pitiful case. It's more than 50 times that the judge has to tell her um, Mm. to stop and cut her off for her outburst. So I don't know why she would even take the stand because it didn't do her any good. No. Um, She claims during her testimony that um, she had never met Brian Wells, that she had only heard of him when she saw him on the news. Um, It takes the jury 11 hours to come back and find her guilty of armed robbery, conspiracy, and using a destructive device um, in a crime of violence. But Brian's family, through all of this, maintains his innocence. They claim that he's unaware of the plot. He was forced to participate. His neighbor, er, his uh, landlord, tells police that he was super nice. That he would never do anything like this, and he loved scavenger hunts. And said so that was why they chose to do a scavenger hunt with him. That they had been watching him. Um. Uh, the FBI when they attempt to complete the scavenger hunt that Brian was supposed to go on, they find that the time given was not enough and that the bomb itself was rigged so that any attempt to remove it would detonate. Also, um, when they decided to remove the bomb from Brian's body, they weren't sure if his secondary advice was going to go off. They ended up decapitating Brian in order to get the bomb off. (laughs) So his family's not happy about that. Um, during one of Kenneth's interviews about the case, I don't know if it was while he was on trial or if it was a deposition or just like him talking to police. He claims that the day of the robbery, Brian makes the delivery, places the pizza on the back of a car and is waiting to be paid. Um, that was when they surprised him with the bomb. He claims that while Brian was in on the plot, he was not aware what day it would happen. So that was why Brian was wanting to get paid, because Brian's family said, why would he wait for money if he knew he was going to rob a bank? Um, But Kenneth says that he didn't know when, so they surprised him, and um, not only did they surprise him with, we're robbing a bank today, but it was also real. A retired FBI criminal investigator believes that Marjorie is not capable of planning this complex of a plot that she's smart but she's got a lot of mental problems and he doesn't think that she can be the mastermind but he thinks that Bill remember Bill? Yeah. Okay. That Bill's the mastermind um, he believes that whoever was in charge did not care about the money that the mastermind just wanted to craft a like a puzzle so that was what the bomb was a puzzle and a scavenger hunt just something fun for him to do he didn't actually want the money He even references the collar bomber profile that the FBI put out saying that the person would take pride in building things and he thinks that, you know, that's what that's why they think it was built. So a documentary is made about this. While they are filming the documentary um, a prostitute comes forward by the name of Jessica Hoopsick. She admits that Brian was a client of hers and that what like, they, they had an abnormal relationship. I don't know how you have an abnormal relationship with a prostitute. But, like, she t- he took her places. Um, like, to doctor's appointments and things like that. She claims that she was approached by Kenneth. Who asked her to find a gopher that could be scared into robbing a bank. So, find us someone that we can scare into robbing a bank for us. She, um gives them Brian's name in exchange for $1,500. She says that Brian's not aware of the plot in any way, shape, or form, that she just turned him over to Kenneth, um, and she, she wants it to be clear that he was not involved. He never agreed to it. But it should be noted that after the murder of Brian, she gave birth to a child, and they believe that Brian is the father of that child. So investigators think that she was just trying to clear his name so that his child didn't think that his dad would rob a bank. Right. Um, so there's one person we haven't talked about yet. His name is Floyd Stockton. Floyd lived with Bill at the time of the bank robbery, but he moves out of Bill' hou- Bill's house the next day because he thinks that there's you know too much stuff going around the case. Floyd had been wanted for rape at the time of the murder. He had been wanted for rape at the time of the murder for um, raping a disabled teenager. He was supposed to testify against Marjorie in court, but ended up needing open heart surgery, so he wasn't able to. Um, But he said that he was the person that put the bomb around Brian's neck. He also said that Brian was in on it and that Marjorie was the mastermind. Um... There are so many different people, like different agencies that were part of this case because the FBI, because they robbed the bank, state troopers because it was in Pennsylvania, and then the ATF because it had a bomb. And so there were a lot of things that got missed when they were investigating. So one one of those things was a blue van. Police, when they were doing the scavenger hunt, um, got to one of the stops along the scavenger hunt. They said that a blue Aster van appeared to be approaching them, saw them, stopped, turned around, and went the other way. They thought that it was suspicious, that it was possibly related to it, that maybe the person was coming to get the the notes and things that were in the jar. But it's not until the documentary is being filmed, which is a good bit later, um, that... What, What is that? that they notice um, the guy that makes the documentary is um, videotaping Bill's house and there's a blue Astro van sitting in the driveway of the house.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When he shows that footage to an officer, the officer says that that's the same van without a shadow of a doubt that came. So you had the, the women from jail that testified against Marjorie. Um, and the one that took the notes, she attempted to have those notes turned over to the FBI as soon as she took them, but they never made it to them, or it took them a while, to, at least for them to get it. Somehow they ended up in a desk at the jail in a folder marked stitch letters or snitch letters. So instead of turning them over, they just put them in a desk. Um, also, when Marjorie was on trial for the death of James, Um, she tells reporters that bill is trying to frame her she also tells them that bill should be found guilty of the brian wells case but no one ever follows up on it and that was before they knew that it was related so brian wells died august 28 2003 from the collar bomb marjorie dies april 4th 2017 from cancer while she's in prison kenneth Barnes dies while he's in prison June 20th nineteen or er, 2019. And then Bill never got sentenced. He died July 30th 2004 because he had cancer. In 2011, a movie came out 30 Minutes or Less. Have you ever watched that movie? No. So 30 Minutes or, le- or Less is a story about a pizza delivery man that's forced to rob a bank wearing a bomb vest um, one of the people that forced him to rob the bank wants to hire a hitman to kill his father because the father is spending too much of his inheritance. So just like this case except for it was a uh, vest, not a collar bomb. So Sony claimed that the cast and the crew weren't aware of the case but the screenwriters may have been vague- vaguely familiar with the story. Of course or fan- er, Brian's family doesn't approve of this movie. Um, but that's the first movie that Jordan and I ever watched when we started dating. So you can also watch the documentary, which is on Netflix. It's called Evil Genius, a true story of America's most diabolical bank heist.
1: Well, first thing is, you know Brian's on it. in on it to start with. Why is that? Well, you're not going to let somebody put a collar bomb on you. They'd have to beat the heck out of me. Yeah. To put a collar bomb on me or shoot me or something. i just let them go ahead and shoot me, I think.
2: I think I would
1: Rather be. than have a bomb go off. So, I mean, if he wasn't beat all the pieces.
0: Then you uh, think that. And
1: somebody would have to, you know, to get you down and tear you up good to put a collar bomb on you. No, you just ain't going to put a collar bomb on somebody.
0: Yeah. And then, so say that you get beat up, the collar bomb gets (laughs) put around your neck, and when you go to the bank, are you going to take a sucker? No. No, I would freak
1: out. And if they did put a collar bomb on me, I'd, I'd grab them and hold on to them, and they'd stay with me.
0: Hold on to him for dear life. Yeah, you better figure out how to take this thing off. Yeah,
1: they might have to shoot me. Yeah, but uh, now they be right there with me. Mm-hmm. I think, but you're not gonna put a collar bomb on somebody and them not be in it, in on it.
0: I agree. And I don't think that they were doing it for money in the first place because why would you not even? I don't think that Brian really thought this through. Why would you? do it and then go on a scavenger hunt within a couple of miles of the bank and not get out of Dodge. You know, they he, where he, the first place he went was just right down the road from the McDonald's, or the McDonald's was just right down the road from the bank. I want to say it was like a two or three mile radius, which was all the places he was supposed to go.
1: Well, he had to be in on it, but he had to be stupid. If you're going to f- think you're going to follow the notes, and obviously he's weak minded because if they tell you, well, if you get caught, you got these notes right here mm-hmm. saying that you wasn't, you know, you having to do what they say. Also, wherever he was supposed to have met the, to deliver the pizza, there should have been signs of a scuffle there. Yeah. I don't know for sure that there was or not, so that you could see his shoe prints and his tire prints. But th- they ought to be signs of a scuffle.
0: You'd have blood somewhere from where they knocked well, me out. Well,
1: even if they didn't knock you out, I mean, uh, uh, the initial little thing, somebody, you know, I mean, they may come up and talk to you normal and then and then pull a gun on you and tell you, but I think there would still be just a, a little skirmish at least. And if not a if not a, a real scuffle.
0: Yeah. So you think at the very least, too, he should have at least had been beat up in some way, shape, or form.
1: Well, they'd have beat me up.
0: Yeah, I, I would have to be beat up. The gunpoint's not going to do enough. You're just putting a bomb around my neck to kill me later. Why would just go ahead and do it now? Yeah. I'd rather you kill me now than the bomb go off and me hurt somebody else.
1: So it really wasn't that... It wasn't that great of a plot, in my opinion. No. And I guess they got away with it for a period of time. But I think the fact that you say that they didn't... nobody, Nobody checked that Astra van or whatever it was. That should have been checked...
0: Mhm. And, and it was on TV too where she admits that Bill should have been charged with Brian Brian's case where before all they had, I forgot to tell you this too when Bill was going through and showing how he helped get rid of James's body or move the body and everything they asked him why his suicide note said this has nothing to do with the Wells case Right so, Bill claims that because he thought that they would get concerned with it having to do with the case because it was right next door to where the pizza was delivered. And that he's like, so I, I didn't want y'all to think that it had something to do with it.
1: Well, if Bill was going to kill himself, why would he care?
0: Right. He'd be dead. It he, wouldn't matter.
1: He wouldn't care whether they thought, what it had to do with, if you think the key, sir, so why yeah. would you worry about what they think?
0: Yeah, to me, I wouldn't think it would matter. So who do you think was the mastermind? Do you think it was Bill or do you think it was Marjorie? That woman. You think it was the woman? Yes, the
1: woman always causes all the problems.
0: See, I think it was both of them.
1: Well, it could have been, but the woman... They were all weak-minded, and she probably told them to do it because a woman's always devious.
0: Well, she was a devious woman anyway. They all are. She had already killed two people. Right. And then she was trying to get her father killed now her father was still alive when the documentary was made and i can't imagine having my child try to have me murdered for money i mean personally i'd rather have you than money
1: well that's a good thing because ain't no money
0: well that's that's okay um but, yeah, the dad's like, well, I didn't have much to do with her. She wasn't getting any of the inheritance anyways. It wasn't going to her. But I think that she wanted money because I think she was that type of person, and I think that Bill just wanted the, like, he just went along with it and was like, all right, yeah, I'll make all this stuff, but didn't actually care about getting the money.
1: Well, yeah, it could have been more just to let's see if we can do it, get away with it with him.
0: yeah. But in reality I feel like they could have gotten away with it if instead of doing the scavenger hunt they had just let him uh, even go back to where the pizza was delivered they could have gotten away with it. I think the scavenger hunt was what what ruined it
1: Well that's possible I don't quite understand well. How many of these supposed stops has he already made before the police caught up with him?
0: He had made one and was on his way to the second. Yeah. So it didn't take very long. Because, what, I think it was 228 that he actually walked out of the bank. And then it was three twenty eight or 318 when he got blown up. But they had been there for a while. It was 304 when they made the call to the bomb squad. So, what? 255 was when he was pulled over.
1: Yeah, well, it sounded like he was going to get caught anyway to me.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think there was no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I think he was stupid enough to think that he could get away with it because he had a note that said, what did the note say? Um... It, um after police won't charge you because you were a hostage like it wrote that in the note Yeah, well
1: that was stupid they even put in the note so you know somebody <coughs> that 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 tells you right there he was involved yeah because you, you wouldn't have put that in there if i was if i was actually giving you a note i mean you wouldn't put that in there
0: no i wouldn't think so either i think that that was of course, if I'm trying to make someone rob a bank for me, I'm not giving them nine pages worth of notes. No. I feel like that was a little bit much.
1: I'm not going to give them anything.
0: You're just going to tell them, go rob the bank? And it was a specific bank.
1: Well, I can understand why it might tell you a specific bank or something, but but now you can get, of course, they could have had gloves on or whatever, but. <clears throat> Excuse me, but they could have, I mean, they can get fingerprints. You can, you can sometimes get fingerprints off paper mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So the more the more they're giving you, the more you're giving them something to possibly use as evidence.
0: Yes. So I will say, too, I don't think I told you this earlier. um, police believed that the notes were typed on a typewriter and then they copied them so like they wrote the hand wrote it afterwards but so that way you didn't see like their handwriting does that make sense
1: they were typed on a hand on a typewriter
0: typed on a typewriter and then they put a piece of paper over those and copied it does that make sense it's stupid
1: yeah it doesn't make sense to me.
0: but and they couldn't get anything from the handwriting because it was the typewriter, but they did get like they did the, like the little things so that they could trace it to see if someone had put a piece of paper over that paper and wrote something. and they did get some handwriting from it. Bill's best friend um, looked at the notes and said, without a doubt that was Bill's handwriting.
1: I'm 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 not clear. They typed it.
2: Yeah. They
0: typed these notes. Right. And then they took the paper, and put like another piece of paper over it, just like this, and then copied it. So the note, the notes that they gave were handwritten, but it's not in their handwriting. I think they were trying to fool them into saying, that the notes were handwritten but it, they didn't want to give them their actual handwriting. Like, they thought they were smart.
1: Yeah, that's stupid.
0: It is. But Bill and that Marjorie are apparently very smart people, but you know how smart people, like, but smart people are often really dumb.
1: Yeah, they, that wasn't real smart. So So how did they know that they copied it from a typed... Paper. I
0: don't know. That's just what they said. That's what the FBI said. I guess because it's too like you. Oh, um, because the margarines all like the it was all lined up, pretty like it had been printed or typed. So
1: they actually just traced it. Traced it. Yeah, that's that makes no sense whatsoever.
0: No, no, it doesn't. It's a waste of time to me. Uh, of course, the nine pages worth of notes in general is a waste of time. But I feel like that's someone trying to say, "Look at how smart I am."
1: Well, they wasn't real smart. No. Sure wasn't.
0: No, not at all. all right. Well, anything else you want to say about this case?
1: No, I don't think I got a whole lot to say about that.
0: Okay. Do you want to tell me about the case you've been listening to?
1: What case is that?
0: Mama said you have been listening to the Terra Grinstead case. The <clears throat>
1: I've, trial. I've, I've looked at part of it on YouTube, been watching it. <coughs> and of course they that uh they had a verdict on that today. And what was that guy's name? Ryan Duke. He was found not guilty on all charges except for one, which was concealment of a crime or a murder. So
0: So. they don't think he murdered her, but he helped get away with it. Right. So what was the other one's name, Bo?
1: Bo Dukes.
0: So it was Bo Dukes and Ryan Duke.
1: Bo Dukes and Ryan Duke.
0: Um, So they think (laughs) Bo is the one that killed her then?
1: Well, I don't think they know because, see, originally, Bo Duke's Duke's girlfriend came out and and broke the case because he had told her that he helped Ryan Duke dispose of the body. Mm -hmm. But, and originally back there, when all this came out and I think she went to the GBI or whoever, well obviously they spoke with Bo Dukes and then Ryan Duke. And he told them that Ryan Duke did it. He came and 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 I think they were living together. He came and asked him to help dispose of the body, told him what he had done. They disposed of the body. Using Beau Duke's truck because Ryan Duke did not have a car or a truck, I don't believe, at the time. Okay. So they went, disposed of the body, took it to the pecan orchard, actually out in some, in an opening like in a pine forest, I think, off of the pecan orchard, and burnt the body. So Beau Bo Duke had told his girlfriend this, and so she goes after. A period of time and told the uh, police, and I think she spoke with the GBI about this, well originally, and 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 then they talked with Ryan Duke, well originally Ryan Duke told them yeah, he did do it.
0: So he admitted
2: to it.
1: Yeah, he confessed originally and said that he, he killed her and that Bo helped him dispose of the body, but he was the killer. And, see, they had him charged with burglary, murder. It was seven charges, I think. Burglary, murder, a bunch of other stuff, concealment of a murder. And, all, like I say, the only thing they found him guilty of was concealment. But after he got legal counsel... He came back and decided that he told them that Beau Duke killed her and he helped him dispose of the body.
0: So he admitted to it and then got a lawyer and the lawyer was like, Well, that was stupid, so he changed his mind.
1: Well, I don't know if uh, yeah at some point. And I'm I'm guessing when he got a lawyer, lawyer told him, Hey, you know, maybe you to... You know, what's the, because there was not a lot of evidence.
0: Yeah, because it was, what, 2005 when they?
1: 2005, and it was like 12 years, I think, before this all came out, and it came to light what had happened to her. But there was a glove that was found in the yard, and I don't know for sure if they got a partial palm print It did fit Ryan Duke's, it it was a match to Ryan Duke. I don't know if there was any DNA in there or not. Yeah. But it it did come back to him some sort of way. So they had it tied into him, but he said that it was like gloves that they used at his house. Maybe he was actually living with his brother, but he stayed with Bo Dukes a lot or something. But he said that they would use Bo's truck to take off the trash, and they used those gloves to change the cat litter and to take out the trash. So they're saying the reason that the glove was at Terry Grinstead's house was because he would use Bo's truck to take the trash off with, so it just fell just fell out in the truck and then when Bo went over there and hauled her in the truck yeah to the orchard that that uh it must have fallen out of the truck I thinks what they're saying
2: it fell out flew so, out yeah something. so they're
1: they're explaining you know they came up with a way to to just to, to to show and cast doubt, basically, you know. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, that's it's, it's plausible, yeah, that that could have happened. Yeah. So I guess that the defense did a good job in casting enough doubt, and I and really, I think probably he he was the one that killed her because I would not go and say, yeah, I did anything. No. But now they had somebody who was a and i didn't see all of it he was like a psychologist or a crime analyst or something that would that was telling you how people will say yeah that they did things that they didn't do and that does happen sometimes but i don't necessarily believe it in this case because he actually took the gbi out there showed them where it would have been in the orchard and and all but there's not enough evidence there so I can see how the jury came up with this to this conclusion that they they were not they they know he helped conceal the crime yeah he admits that
0: but you can't prove that it was him
1: but you can't prove that you don't you don't know you know he's saying Bo says he did it and so now he's saying Bo did it and I guess there just was not enough physical evidence in there to what physical evidence they did have. He was able to kind of explain away why it was there. <clears throat> and so I can't, I don't know that I can fault the jury yeah. and, and say, uh, you know, that, that he did it. Now, I'm I'm inclined to believe that he, he was a murderer because why would you admit to it Take all that other stuff, and yeah, you know, kind of put it aside, but this was over a twelve year period at least, so you know that you had gotten away with it to that point mm. but i I don't think that you would have of course they they were using drugs and stuff and drinking bad and all, but I don't think in my mind. At that point in time, I don't know that you would just said, yeah, I did it. Yeah. Of course, they ask him, well, why did you admit to it? And now you're saying he didn't. He's, well, I didn't think they were going to believe me. Well, that don't really fly with me.
0: You got away with it for 12 years, and now all of a sudden, I think <clears> it was the ex-girlfriend said, well, he told me that he did it. I mean, that that's not enough evidence. And right. So I'm not going to go off that and be like, yeah, I did it.
1: So there again... Uh, I don't know. I don't know who did it. Who was the actual killer? And they both could have been involved. Who knows? As far as killing, but I, you know, I, I I can see how they came up with what they came up with. But see, Bo Dukes had already been tried for like concealment of the crime. Oh. Yeah, three years ago.
2: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, he's already been he's already been tried. So I think he got 25 years or something for that. But now he also got in some other trouble <laughs> back there that I really hadn't looked at. Because somewhere around, somewhere through there, he was a fugitive. I guess he was out on bond or out and he became a fugitive for a period of time and supposedly uh, raped, a, had two girls held up and raped one of them. And I don't know if all that was tried yeah with all this other not. so
0: Well, that fits with the Tara Grinstead ha- case.
1: Well, he didn't do a whole lot to help himself if he was not the killer. Yeah. So.
0: So do you think they'll go back and trial him now for the murder?
1: I, it depends. I don't know if they will or not. I, d- I don't look for them, too, but I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think that the unless some more evidence comes forward, I don't guess it would be je- double jeopardy because I don't guess he was tried for the murder. I don't know that to be a fact, but I don't guess he was ever tried for the murder. yeah. Uh, but unless more evidence comes forward, I wouldn't look for him to, to retry him and try to charge him with that because they pretty much have already put their eggs in the basket that he right. helped conceal it. Oh, yeah. He didn't kill it. And I think they believe, I think they actually believe that Ryan Duke was the killer. Yeah. So unless unless some unless some other smoking gun comes in somewhere i think it'll just be the end of the case and we'll always wonder until maybe there's a come to jesus meeting if somebody really decides they're going to tell the truth yeah that that that, what what really happened
0: now so ryan got charged or Got found guilty on the concealing of the crime, but they haven't tr- sentenced him yet.
1: I don't think he's sentenced, been sentenced yet. That that just that verdict just came out today. Mm. So I'm assuming the judge will. I don't. I don't know when they'll have the sentencing.
0: Yeah. Well. I don't. Hopefully, he'll at least get the 25 years too, because that's what Bo got, and that's what he was charged with, right?
1: I think that's right.
0: Now, did Bo admit to it?
1: He admitted to concealing to help conceal and destroying the body.
0: But not the murder. But yeah. not the murder. And Ryan's the one that admitted to the murder and then said, nope, just kidding. That's right. Um, okay, so I have a serious question. If I murder someone, are you going to help me hide the body? No. You're going to turn me in? Right. What if they needed murdering?
1: Well, that's, that's different. If they needed murdering, I'll murder them. Okay. Well, it, it won't be murder in my mind. It'd just be vigilante justice, I guess.
2: Okay.
0: So I have to have a real good reason, and I can't do it. I need to let you do it.
1: It depends on the case.
0: Okay. Well, I just want to know where we're at.
1: But... Uh, yeah, that that was an interesting deal to me because so much time went by.
0: Well, really, I think they could have gotten away with it if they hadn't of. <coughs> decided to talk about it with other
1: people. And supposedly they had mentioned it to a couple of other people through the years. And they never really went forward with it.
0: Do you think they didn't believe them? And
1: I think a lot of it's got didn't believe it. And I think that's one of the things that that helped this Ryan Duke out in his case because <clears throat> uh, according to what I, the testimony that I saw, and was able to hear was Bo Dukes was he was more of an kind of a loud and braggart type person. Yeah. And I think they whether whether true or not it was kind of like that he could he could lead Ryan to do things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know he was kind of like the you know he he could persuade him to do things maybe that and Ryan was portrayed more as a, like a quiet type, a little more quiet type. Yeah. And uh, now, whether that's exactly correct or not, but that's, the, the, I think the defense did a good job in 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 kind of putting that into folks' mind. Yeah. Put and, that doubt in there. Yeah, and obviously did a good job because you know you you know the 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 deal is you gotta prove it within a
2: without a Without
1: doubt. a reasonable doubt, you know.
2: So they've so given it
1: they had a reasonable doubt. So yeah. I, I can see exactly
0: That's a hard case to trial anyways, because really when it comes down to mm-hmm. it, it's all you know basically someone said that they told him that they did it, so it's all hearsay. There's no real proof other than the glove, which No. And then they didn't find any parts of the body on the orchard.
1: They did find, a, I think, a couple of little small bone fragments. Oh, okay. They, they sifted all that out, and I think they did find a couple of, of, of bone fragments. Uh, so they obviously felt real comfortable with, and I don't know why, you know, two people would have come up and say, yeah, we burned her right here and did all this if you didn't. Yeah. But, I mean, crazier things have happened, I guess. But, yeah, I think they found some bone fragments and that was not completely burned and uh, did were able to say, yes, you know, this is definitely her. Yeah. But it was uh, so much time had gone by and you're going by by their own statement. Yeah. And it it fit, but I don't know. I'm I'm inclined to believe that this Ryan Duke did do it because he confessed. Yeah, I feel originally. like if
0: you confess, that's a that to me just seems that I'm really not going to confess unless I did it.
1: No. But. You know, there's people that have psychological issues, and I do know that they tell you, always taught me in my training that a, a, a confession never stands alone. you got to have evidence to go with it. Yeah. And and there are people that have come and claim that they, you know, there was a guy that want, claimed one time that he was the one that killed John Benet Ramsey.
0: But that's more like for notoriety, like he wanted to be and, known.
1: Well, I think he was just an idiot, so there yeah. are idiots, but they know these guys were closely tied and they were, had, you know, they had the the ability and the means to do what was done, so. uh, And what was the motive other than robbery? Now, one point that they did bring out in the thing was, see, Ryan tells them that Bo comes back to the trailer or wherever, And says, this what his story changed to, was Bo comes and tells him that he needs to help him dispose of the body. Okay. And Ryan's like, well, I really didn't believe him. And Bo goes back in and lays down or something. And a little bit he asks him, he tells him, hey, I killed Tara. And he's like, Tara who? Tara Grinstead. And he's like... I need you to help me get rid of the body. And, but he goes and lays down, if I remember what he said correctly. So then he comes back out, or or Ryan goes in there, and it's like he's going to sleep, and he thought maybe he was asleep. But he goes back there and questions him. Anyway, they get up, and they're going to go dispose of the body now. So he tells about how Bo directed him with what to do. hmm And, uh... Uh... So you know he kind of flipped the script from what was originally told. yeah, and and I forgot where I was actually going with this, but it was just it it, it changed. the story's changed, or at least Ryan's story changed and uh, so you know then then it's like he was he was disturbed by it. But he felt like he had to help him, and and Bo's telling him everything to do. Yeah. So he he painted himself as kind of uh uh I, I was well, kind of like almost he was scared of Bo, so I had to do what Bo said to do.
2: Yeah.
1: And I don't know that that was the case, but.
2: I feel
0: like I feel like they both had to be involved. Like, I feel like they both had to go robber because I have some pretty good friends, but I don't know that I would actually help any of my friends.
1: Well, that's where I was That's where I was meaning to go now. That reminds me. That's where I was meaning to go with it. Well, what was the motive? Yeah. You know, and it's like they were just going to rob her or was he going to rape her and something happened, but... Oh, I remember what I was going to say. He told them that Bo said he had killed me, need to help him. He said, I didn't believe it, but he had her pocketbook with her driver's license. So then he gets in Bo's truck. They were, this trailer they were at, or wherever was in Fitzgerald.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, Tara lived in Grinstead. uh, Grinstead lived up the road, no Silla, which. Supposedly then he takes the pocketbook and has her wallet and driver's license in there. <clears throat> and this was on Sunday mornings, like middle of the morning maybe. So he's he doesn't believe him. But he's got her pocketbook with her driver's license and all. But then he tells you, that well, I didn't know where she lived. So while Bo was back there laying down, I went and got in the truck, and he drove those Silla to go to check on Tara, but he didn't know where she lived. So he figured maybe he just, he's saying, I figured maybe he just took her pocketbook and didn't actually kill her. I thought maybe he had just stole her pocketbook.
0: So how would he know how to go check on her?
1: Well, he says he didn't really. He said, but it's not a big, excuse me, mm-hmm. but he said, it's not a big place. So where she He said, I knew basically where she lived, but I didn't know exactly where she lived. <clears throat> so then supposedly he calls 411 stops at some little store and calls 411 and calls her house. Yeah. to get her number but he I, if I understood him correctly he said that the information just called the number and I don't think she ever answered. Well, I know she didn't answer, but I—I I mean, I don't—I don't remember if he said he got an answer because she did have an answering machine mm-hmm. because there were recordings of the folks that had been calling, like her mother and some other people, and they were not able to get in touch with her, so they became concerned. <clears throat> but he says he called the house, obviously didn't get an answer or the answering machine answered or whatever, so. He didn't feel real good, but he rode around for a little while and looked for her house. And I don't know if he knew, would have known her car, how he would have known it was her house. Which that part made no sense to me. Well,
0: Why didn't he just get her address off the driver's license? Well,
1: that's exactly what the the ADA, who was trying the case, Mm -hmm. when she was re-examining him on the stand... Exactly what she said. So, well, you had her pocketbook, and you had her driver's license, got her name and her address right up on it. Why didn't you look? Yeah. You know, you could have looked. It's not a big place. You know, it had her address. Uh, you you're admitting it's not a big place. He probably would have known the streets. Yeah. Had he looked and saw the street, but he didn't have a real good answer for that.
0: Because he's just trying to get out of it.
1: <clears throat> so that that really threw me to thinking this guy's lying. Yeah. But, I
0: could have said I don't know where she lived, but I looked at her, her license, right. and found out where it was, and, and I went and checked. And
1: it. I don't know if he or the defense either one, because he he did testify, and I don't know if the defense didn't catch on to that or not. But the the, the assistant district attorney did, and she's like, "Well, why didn't you you had her pocketbook with a wallet? Why didn't you look on that?" I don't. He really did not have a good answer for that. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That led me to think more so that yeah, he's lying about some stuff, yeah, uh but you know, if granted this uh, this ain't the sharpest pencil in the box you're dealing with, you know, so clearly, so he could have so uh, i you know i can't I can't fault the jury. I see that, you know they just and it was a hard case to try, but it was I can see how there could have been the a reasonable doubt in your mind to all those yeah, points.
0: I mean really, there has to be a reasonable doubt, I mean you know that one did it, you just can't prove which one did it,
1: but you that's right, and it's and it's and as long as one kept throwing it on the other, mhm, you know there's that there's that reasonable doubt, yeah. But we do know that they were both, by their own admission, uh, involved with disposing of the body.
0: It kind of stinks because it's great for them to have closure because really you think about, what was it, her ex-boyfriend that people suspected for so long to have done it. And so this is finally proof that he didn't do it. Her family finally has, like, they know what happened to her but it kind of stinks because you know that one of them did it but you just want to know which one
1: well it's one or possibly both
0: yeah I kind of feel like it's both that maybe they both went in there maybe they didn't both mean to kill her maybe they didn't mean to kill her one killed over the other but I think they were both there
1: well they're saying I think it's kind of led you to believe I believe that no I didn't You know that 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 it it wasn't meant. The intent was not to kill somebody there. Yeah. But she knew. Yeah. So they can't. And if she's there and you're caught, her car was there. You should have figured she's there more than likely. It's late at night or early in the morning. I don't know what the time frame was. And and so. You know, you gonna if she's not gonna tell, you got to kill her. Yeah.
0: Uh. I I honestly I feel like they went there to rape her, and kill her.
1: Well, I kind of wondered that myself.
0: But of course, you know, I just I guess I think the worst of
2: people.
1: But who who knows? Uh, only only two people know for sure
0: yeah and they're probably not going to tell
2: us
1: maybe not there may be a jailhouse confession or something to come out one day yeah Uh, if it if i got any conscience at all it may may eat on them for a while
0: it would eat on me i don't think um, i could go 12 years with knowing that and and not say uh, something
1: well, I don't, I don't understand that either, you know, I don't, it's killing somebody. I mean, how could it not, of course, they, they're like, at times it did, you know, it bothered them, and but some people don't have much of a conscience.
0: No. No, some people don't. They weren't raised Right. Well, all right. Well, anything else you want to talk about while we're here? I don't reckon. Well, I, I really do appreciate you coming over because I had two episodes, so two weeks' worth of stuff, and it all got erased. When
1: when do I get my check?
0: Um, as soon as we get a check for someone listening to this, we'll write you a check for it.
1: Uh, I need to be getting that just as soon as possible.
0: Okay. How much are you charging?
1: Uh, that's, that's neither here nor there. If everybody else know you know what it is.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, well, thank y'all for listening. Haley will be back next week. Um, make sure you go to our website at www.justanothermurdercast.com. You can leave us a suggestion um, for a case. Follow us on Facebook, TikTok. Um, share us with all your friends because we've shared it to all of our friends. We can't share it anymore. Um, anything else you want to say before you go?
1: And if y'all like me better than you do, Beth and Haley, please. Uh, let us know. I'm sure you did.
0: I'm sure you did too. You can you can start going live on Facebook again or or YouTube or something. We'll we'll get him his own podcast if y'all think he needs it. I'm trying uh, to talk him into it.
1: All right.
0: All right. Well, thank you and bye.